0: Hello everybody, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals Podcast. Today, it is December 9th, 2021, and on today's show, we're going to look at some potential targets for the Nationals, especially in that infield area, what the Nationals could do to strengthen that part of their roster, if they're going to do anything to strengthen that part of their roster, uh, because we're going to take a look around to see what they've got now on their team and you know who's going to be on that squad who's going to be showing up kind of in that rotation if you will uh not pitching but in the infield rotation especially maybe some outfield stuff as well We'll take a look at that on today's show you are locked on nationals your daily washington nationals podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hello, everybody. Once again, I am Josh Neighbors, Locked On Nationals podcast. You can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can find me personally at Josh Neighbors underscore. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can see it there on the screen. If you listen to us, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, I encourage you guys to check us out on YouTube as well. We'll be adding some production elements here pretty soon. Um, And also, if you watch us on YouTube, make sure you follow us in all of those places. So if you're not around to watch the show, you can listen to the show also, uh, all right, so the lockout continues in Major League Baseball and really no kind of news on that front. Obviously, we want to hear uh, the more the better, but, um, you know, guys are in limbo and people are really waiting to see what's going to happen. But, you know, we want this thing just to begin to accelerate. I know it's only been, technically speaking, you know, eight days here. It started uh, at night on December 1st, so now we're in December 9th. So it's starting to go not. Long, But, you know, we're about to hit double-digit days. And then you look ahead to when pitchers and catchers um, begin reporting. And obviously, it's in February. Uh, February 14th is the date for some. The counter, I believe the spring training counter, has it at uh, 66 days. It's February 14th, 2022 is when they're supposed to. So, uh, you know, you want them to start working. Basically, you need to make sure that that front number, right, the days of a lockout, does not begin to creep towards uh, those two numbers eating out, right? As the number of days remaining till until pitchers and catchers report goes down, we do not want the other number to to go up. We don't want those to to cross paths at some point in time. So obviously there's not a whole lot of news on that front, but um, yeah, we're going to see what happens. And teams are making some deals. The Rule 5 draft just happened as well. The Nationals made some acquisitions on that front. uh, And we're talking about a couple of those guys today factoring in um you know actually let's just let's just start with that and I'll read from Jessica Camarado here uh from mlb.com. Uh the Nationals acquired four players including one with major league experience on Wednesday in the uh Rule 5 draft. They did not lose any of their eligible players to another organization. Um obviously you guys are familiar with the you know Rule 5 draft. They have that for um The group of eligible players comprised of those who signed with a team at 18 years old or younger and were not added to the 40-man roster within five seasons. It also included players who signed at 19 years old and were not added within four seasons. Uh, Okay, so the Nats selected uh, second baseman Andrew Young, 27-year-old, who was selected by the Cardinals in the 37th round of the 2016 draft. He had uh, 70 major league uh, appearances last season. He split time, 58 games between the D-backs and uh, the D-backs, and also AAA as well. Pretty good slash on AAA, 304, 388, 598 was a slash AAA, but uh, in the majors, 209, 298, 484, so not great. Um, Did have six home runs last year and in 2021, including one that came actually against the nationals uh, on April 15th, Uh, a couple other guys as well. Curtis Taylor, a uh, right-handed pitcher that way. That's one of those where I think they're hoping that they get a guy, you know, who's uh, got some experience. He's pitched in the major leagues, 34 and two thirds. Um, You know, they're hoping maybe a, a change of scenery could be a type of thing that helps out a guy like that. They got Matt Brill also, from the Diamondbacks. Um, he finished in double A last season, so not sure we're going to see them. And then they got from the Guardians, once again, the Guardians, not no longer the Indians, Guardians, uh, right hander Cody Klemmer um, with the first pick of the fourth round. Um, and so he's a guy who's had a pretty decent season, but it was in double A last year. And he was a number 19, uh, 19th round pick for Cleveland back in 2016. And guys that were eligible to be picked for the Nats, uh, Tim Kate. Jordy Barley, uh, Richard Gausch, and Israel Pineda were eligible to be picked, uh, but they were not selected. Um, so those are the guys that the Nats had available that, that were not selected. All right, so that's the Rule 5 draft. We'll take a quick pause here, then we'll look at some of these free agency targets that we are going to discuss today. And I think uh, Mr. Young, the Nats draft yesterday, might factor into this. We'll see. Potentially. We'll see. Uh, but first, a quick word from our sponsors here. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered for all of your uh, off-season for baseball sports action needs, but in-season for college hoops, uh, for the NBA, for the NFL, for college football as well, Formula One, boxing, UFC. It's the number one place online for all those sports action uh, that you could want. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile uh, mobile site right now. You can do it on your phone, on your computer on your whatever uh laptop whatever it is you use use that promo code locked on when you're there it's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n locked on you'll receive a 50 percent deposit bonus today so you deposit 100 bucks I'll give you an extra 50 to play with today at betonline.ag betonline it's where the game starts also new sponsor here uh it's our friends at stance um they make awesome, comfortable clothing, active apparel that you can get right now. Socks, shirts, joggers, hoodies, uh, and it just—it feels different. It feels more comfortable. It Feels like you know you can be yourself in these clothing. Not a whole lot of restriction there. Uh, and you can check it out right now. You guys can go to check out their website, Stance. Uh, just go Stance Clothing, and you can find them right now. You use the promo code Locked On. They'll give you guys a fifteen percent discount right now. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. That those who feel good do good. Go see it for yourself. Register, register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off on your first purchase. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, On, and you will be able to receive that 15% discount. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. All right, so I really took a look at the infield. It's it's an interesting situation for the Nationals. They've got going on right now in their infield. Um so I started from first base and kind of worked my way across, you know, uh, you know, counterclockwise, which whatever. Um but Josh Bell is there at first base. We know that's going to happen. The big question is there's two of them, but the number one is is Ryan Zimmerman going to come back next year? Because if Ryan Zimmerman comes back, then you're going to have uh your first base thing is completely figured out, right? You, you you're good to go from from that perspective. If he doesn't, there's a couple ways they could go. Number one, they look for a free agent, right? They could that's that's the way they could go. Um that is the way you know that they might go, but I don't really know if they can find somebody that's gonna compliment. Um, them as well. And the one thing Ryan Zerman brings is that he's been gangbusters against left-handed pitching, right? That is the one thing Ryan Zerman brings. Not to say Josh Bell is bad against lefties, but Ryan Zerman well-known for his ability to hit left-handed pitching. And if you look in the free agent market, I was looking at some of these first basemen, didn't see a whole lot of that. Didn't see a guy out there that could really be, you know, super helpful, from that uh, perspective, maybe a Danny Santana—he hit them well a little while ago, but but you didn't see a whole lot of that, and um, you know as of late. And Ryan Zimmerman' career against lefties, three ten, so that just shows you know he's he's just a next level guy when it comes to hitting left handed pitching. We heard from Ryan a little while back, I believe he's in the Sports Junkies, where he said, "Hey, you know I'm I'm treating the off like I might play." but there's no official word. You know, you know, I have not made a decision one way or the other, but like, I'm not, I'm not getting, you know, out of control fat, you know, I'm not, I mean, I'm not being super crazy. Remember that they have the fourth kid in the way, but you know, he said, look, no decision made yet, but I'm, I'm acting as if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a player who would return in 2022. So, you know, could change his mind once again, but um, you know, that, that, that's, that's kind of where he is. So you know, the free agent way is the less likely way. I think the more likely way they go is, okay, if Ryan decides he's not going to play, Riley Adams ends up being the guy at first base. And that's going to be uh, somebody that when Riley Adams, you know, they acquired them last year, involved in that trade for Brad Hand, which was a big win. The signing of Brad Hand, not a win, but the acquisition, uh, you know, when they got uh, Riley Adams was a big one. Now he only played 39 games, only had uh, 35 games, excuse me, only had those 90 played appearances, but he hit 268, 422 on base. Um 887 OPS, you know, had a pair of home runs, drove in 10 runs as well, and OPS plus, once again, small sample size of 145. Um and that's that's a guy we know is a catcher, right? But it's somebody that I think they'd have a lot of interest in in moving to first base. You know, he's a right-handed hitter. Um, that is somebody that they'd have interest, you know, being able to not split time. We you know Josh Bell's gonna be predominantly the guy there, but it's a good way to get him some reps outside, and we don't know the designated hitter situation yet, but it's going to be a good way to get him some reps outside of, uh, you know, outside of catching. And and he's behind the Nationals gem in the trade that they got for Max Scherzer and Dre Turner, k Barrett Ruiz. So there is the thought here that, hey, look, that is, um, that is kbert's spot. He is going to be the number one catcher. Riley is there, obviously, to help. We know Trace Pereira is still, you know, around um, they got another catching prospect in that trade last year. So they've had, you know, they have some options there, but I think he's catcher number two. Due to his performance last year, so productive. Maybe you do move him around. Maybe you get some some opportunities at first when he's not catching out there uh, and he's able to hit. Or, or you get the DH in there, and if there is no Ryan Zerman, even if there is some Ryan Zerman involved, you can have Riley Adams hit on some days. There will be opportunities for him there. So I think that's the most likely situation at first base. I don't think we're going to see much outside help in that category. I think we're going to see Ryan Zerman. I think we are going to see, uh, well, you know, going by his words, he's playing on playing, so he's going to play play. Ryan Zerman, obviously Josh Bell. Those two for sure are going to be there. Riley Adams being mixed in. Injuries, mix him in there. Also DH, you could see him. So I, I think he's got that position here. All right, second base. This one We've talked about a little bit. So Cesar Hernandez comes over. uh, They get him in a free agency signing, so they acquire him. Guy with a lot of major league experience. The concern there being, hey, are you going to play him over Luis Garcia? Are you comfortable at this point saying Luis Garcia is a guy that should be every single day at second base? You know, this is a, uh, you know, for the Nationals perspective, like this is somebody that – Got accelerated just a little bit going to the league because of that shortened year. He's still only 21 years old. So, if he's not major league ready on a day to day basis, and that's feel like that, you know, maybe he's a second guy. Do we think this is somebody that needs to get still a ton of reps below in AAA? Maybe. Last year, you know, he hit 242, 275 on base, which wasn't very good. 411 slugging and 686 OPS. Um, the power is not there yet. Uh, drove in 22 runs. And, you know, the the K-rate wasn't like the worst thing in the world. But this is somebody that obviously needs some more development. Does he need it at the major league level or does he need it, you know, at AAA? That is their big question. And maybe they do deem being the season, hey, look, we're going to keep him in AAA to start off the year. Cesar Hernandez is going to be our guy in the majors. I tend to think Garcia is going to be in the major league roster, but I think a lot of people feel the same way I do. Hey, if he's up there, he should be playing. Um, don't have him just sit. You know, If he's going to be sitting, he needs to be in AAA still getting those reps. That That is where I fall in that situation. Also, the guy that we just talked about, Andrew Young, was just acquired, uh, and I think that might be somebody they could see helping them out at second base. Clearly did not have a great year last year, uh, 209, 298 on base. So, you know, obviously his you know, small sample size, 104 plate appearances. Um, so hitting 209 with 298 on base. A you know, bit of a patient hitter, right? Somebody's able to kind of work a few walks, um, but does strike out a whole heck of a lot as well. So, uh, you know, while the on base is good for what the batting average is, I think maybe you can elevate his play just a little bit. You know, you can see that on base go up, that could help. But I think it's going to be somebody who's there. Nats don't necessarily use him. I don't see them going out and getting somebody, you know, for the reason of, hey, they've got, we need some help second base. And because that's kind of takes us to the, the next part of the infield. Um, at short in third. And this is where I think we're sitting here thinking, okay, what's the plan? Because Key Boom is at third, and then they've also got um, LCD's Escobar at short. You could rotate Hernandez over there too to play a, a bit over in the infield, but I think they still need one more guy to help them out. They had Jordy Mercer some last year. Um, and there are a few options. It depends on how you view... Uh you know, it depends if you don't want to see like so Mention the, the issues that we had a couple years ago with Estrubo Cabrera at third base and him taking away reps from Carter Kiban when we were told Carter Kiban was the guy in the shortened season. So they have to make sure it's not a situation like that. The the problem being is you know, are you gonna bring a guy in and have him be a utility player and keep him? Are you gonna bring a guy in, play him a whole lot, a la Josh Harrison, and trade him? How do you want to handle that situation? Uh will it be blocking young guys? What's that situation going to look like? Because um, I think it's time for Carter keeping to get the full load at third base for an entire season, pillar to post. It's time for them to do that. But, you know, there's some options for that left side of the infield. Jonathan, Jonathan VR is a guy that I would think of. And that would be somebody who is a candidate to sign and these an NBA term sign and trade, right? That's something that you could have um, getting out, you know, getting some experience and uh, not him, but you know him getting some reps and playing well, and potentially you want to move him, or potentially you want to keep him there if an injury happens. You know he's a guy who's low thirties, so he's in a good spot. Potential trade piece, I think, is what makes him somewhat interesting. Jose Iglesias is a nice hitter, not the best defensive player, but a pretty decent hitter. He's available, guy in his mid thirties, play some third, play some short, second if you need it. Um... Matt Duffy is a guy who's around in that space. I think they could use. So my mind kind of did go to Jonathan VR. It's just a question of, is that a player that you think is going to help you win games? Do you want to win games? Cause last year he did. I mean, he really helped the mets win a bunch of games. I just you know, also just 30 years old too and plenty of experience. 249 322 416 split 738 738 OPS 102 OPS plus obviously he's a guy who's viewed as a uh, above average uh, just above average uh you know major league hitter somebody that's got a lot of respect is a veteran that can help some some guys along good performer but the problem is if Carter Kieboom falters i think you could see a whole lot of Jonathan VR starting at third. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe the Nationals you know, have to realize at that point, hey, it's time for us to potentially move on with Carter Keboom. Maybe Carter Keboom is the guy who gets traded, the guy who needs a fresh start somewhere else. That could be the situation that happens. But I'm kind of torn on how prepared the Nationals need to be at that third base spot next season. How uh, does that have to be handled for the Nationals, you know, and will they basically say from the beginning, time to get Carter all the reps? I seem to believe that that's, that's the thing, but I, I still feel like they do need some depth in that left side. You can't go in the season with Alcides Escobar, who's 35 years old, right? Uh, you can't just have Alcides Escobar and Carter Kevlin, 34 years old, excuse me. Uh, he'll be 35 once the season starts. He actually th- uh, turns 35 a week from today, uh, Alcides Escobar does. Um, you know, Can you expect him to perform at the level that he did last year? And Even then last year, it wasn't like he was some – gangbusters awesome hitter but he was a part of a pretty productive lineup i mean the nationals lineup was productive towards that back end of the season so uh you know he was a decent hitter but do you trust him to be able to play every single game i, I mean you know i i don't know they they're gonna need some more help over there do they play cesar hernandez at short in addition to it and just kind of say yeah we'll, we'll roll with a Cheaper Jordy Mercer type guy who doesn't really expect to play a whole lot and will bring him in certain situations, or Andrew Young's gonna be that guy. I'm really curious to see how they they navigate this because they've gone more for the bargain, you know, the bargain deals. The Hernandez deal is not a very expensive deal. Are they not just spending at all this offseason and even thinking about getting guys? You know, we're not even gonna get guys we can trade down the line. Or, you know, Jonathan VR, I think, should get like a two-year contract. I think he's a decent player. I think he should get a nice little contract. Is that how they're going to handle that situation? So many questions at third. But I think those guys, Duffy, Iglesias, and VR, are all interesting targets for them on the left side of that infield to to kind of help out and and bolster what they've got over there. Outfield, the one name that we're all thinking about is Kyle Schwarber. And what I had mentioned before with Kyle Schwarber, and I meant this generally speaking, but he is the type of guy that if you gave a three- or four-year contract to, no, he's not helping you win in the immediate but he's a guy who likes DC. He's a, he's a guy that you can have under contract for a little while. And also when you eventually do get competitive again, you are going to be using him pretty clearly. And we know this with, with one. So, I mean, Juan Soto, you know, wants to see a commitment to winning well, they were winning games and really productive with Kyle Schwarber in the lineup with him. So obviously if they commit to him multiple years and they then, you know, maybe extend a Josh bell. They say, yeah, you know, these aren't massive contracts, but we're pretty clearly trying to build a lineup around you right now. We're getting pieces. We might be a few short right now, but we're trying to get pieces to help build in that situation. And, uh, I don't know if they'll do it. I mean, they've got Stevenson and Yadiel Hernandez and Lane Thomas, Donovan Casey is going to be coming up through the ranks. Do they even go out and get an extra outfielder? Do they sign somebody good, you know, and bump one of those guys, you know, it's the question of, do they want to spend this offseason Like at all. Um, I know a lot of people you know people are spending big money and we've seen a lot of these guys go faster than we thought. And they say, no, we're not going to get in kind of that desperation of the market. We're not going to overspend for anybody. We're just going to take our time and let's see what happens. I tend to think they should make one or two moves where you sign a guy to a nice little contract. I thought Escobar's contract for the Mets was really nice. I think that's a good deal. Mark Hanna's contract was a nice little deal. I, I think that's even if you're not intending on being super competitive, it's the kind of thing that can help your team out. Also you know, Schwarber's the kind of guy that can that can go into that DH role eventually when you need him to. Um, but their outfield, while they've got some options, you know, center field is Victor Reyes is going to be out there day one. I think this could shore up a spot. Maybe you could move Lane Thomas to center. But I think right now, as it sits, you're kind of looking at Lane Thomas. He's going to be out there. And then is it Robles? Is it Stevenson? Is Hernandez your fourth outfielder to start off the season? When does Donovan Casey make his run to the major leagues? It's not like they've got a bunch of awesome, terrific options, but they've got some interesting ones because Yadiel played well last year. They brought Andrew Stevenson back, it feels like for a reason, right, to potentially be that fourth outfielder. Already got one. You've got to have Lane Thomas back out there after his performance last year. Unless you bring somebody else and you say, no, I mean, we're so confident in this person we're bringing in. We're, we're investing so much financially that he can take Lane's spot. So that's there's a lot of moving pieces. And I, I think that uh, the Hernandez signing, the Alcides re-signing, those were signs that the Nationals are not intent on signing big fish. And if they are a bigger fish, I should say, it's going to be one, it's going to be a, I think a guy for not a massive contract, but somebody that's going to be there for a few years, somebody that they can, that's, they're going to say, all right, this is part of that future because we've been talking about it so much. They're going to have to build this off season. All right. They're going to, they're going to really build it. We'll do this kind of free agency target thing. Also for pitchers as well, coming up, I'm going to run some of these ideas by Matt Wyrick. Uh, he and I are talking tonight. We'll have an episode out on Friday. Uh, Matt Weirich of NBC Sports Washington, so you guys can check that out. All right, that'll be it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me, at Josh Neighbors underscore. Till next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.